Hello there, and welcome to Fantasy for the Ages, the show where father and son sit down and talk about some fantasy books. I'm the son of that equation, Zach. And I'm the father, Jim. Great to have you with us again here today for one of our midweek episodes, a to read or not to read special for you today. Yep, indeed. Again, I'm struck by the fact that we gotta get some new pictures for that intro. Definitely. And as Jordan Khan is coming up, we've got to make sure we get some good photos together there. It's a prime sure. opportunity. Yeah. By the time this episode drops, Jordan Khan is coming on. But we're recording it less than a week before we're together at Jordan Con. And it's at so, the very least the last thing I'll record. I think it's the last thing either of us will record until we're there. That is correct. It's my third episode this weekend. And I've got some episodes coming up that'll be like you and then just me for some. Because I got a two-week vacation coming up in the middle of May, too. So mm-hmm. it's hard to do an episode from a cruise ship. Sorry, I love you guys. I'm not doing it on a cruise ship. So... Our schedule is going to be a little funky, but we're going to try to keep the episodes coming out. Yeah, the actual regular release schedule will hopefully be normal. That's the plan. The best laid plans of mice and men. Is that how that goes? Uh, something about God <laughs> laughing at their plans, actually, I think. But... <laughs> Anyways, Zach, how you doing today? I'm doing all right. About the same as I was the last episode we did, considering we just rolled into this one. But I am ready to keep going. You, however, get to still see an enjoyable view that you don't get to actually go out and partake in yet. So we'll get through this episode hopefully quickly so you can, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still on vacation for an extended weekend with your mother out here at the Oregon coast. Depot Bay, Oregon. The restaurant we're going to eat at after we get done here is walking distance from our rental. It's sweet. It's nice. It's got a view of the bay. It's perfect. But it's it's just been nice. We've been here since Thursday. This is Saturday. We go home tomorrow. But it's been very pleasant. Definitely enjoyed it. Also enjoyed some nice wine. I got a refill. refill. Yeah, I was drinking some rosé for the last episode we just did on The Shadow Rising. The glass is now full again with frozen grapes. People, white and red, not red, white and pink wine. Put some grapes in there. Freeze them. You could... You could do it in red wine, but you shouldn't. It's not how you're supposed to drink it. Red wine should not be chilled. That's right. Anyways, um, you were drinking non-alcoholic last episode. I was. doing this time? Was. I have stepped up the alcohol content. Still simple. And just put some bourbon together with some 7-Up to create a nice... It looks kind of like ginger ale. It's not. It's a bit stronger. All right. That is an interesting craft that you're drinking out of. I mean, it's a good potion bottle. Hmm, nice. Well, before we move into our content today, let me just remind you, if if what you see today or hear, if you're on, you know, audio with uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, we invite you to subscribe so you don't miss any of the content Zach and I keep trying to put out for you here. And if you wouldn't mind, like it. Uh, give us a rating and review. Help spread the word that Fantasy for the Ages is here. Just sharing the love, the fun about fantasy and sci-fi fiction. We haven't done much sci-fi yet, but it's coming. Because I'm plowing through the Mm -hmm. expanse. And man, Mm -hmm. we're probably going to need to talk about this series at some point. (laughs) It's really good. Uh, And of course, 
you're working through the uh, the Broken Earth trilogy, which is kind mm -hmm. of a blend, though you don't really know that yet. Keep going. You'll understand what there. I'm saying. I'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much good content. We could create great literature to talk about. And as always, we are still working through our Wheel of Time content, but we've got so much more to get through as well. And to not miss anything, you just need to subscribe. That's all we ask. Join us and share the love. Tell other people about it. Speaking of join us, we're on social media with Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Come find us there. Discord, wonderful platform for connecting with people who share your interests. And we've got a thriving Discord server that you're welcome to be a part of. How to find us. All these things are in our show notes. And if you want to go next level, join us on Patreon. Become a supporter of Fantasy for the Ages. And we throw in some extra little benefits there. You can learn all about that. Fantasy for the Ages at Patreon.com. That's enough of that. Let mm -hmm. me talk about to read or not to read. This yes. particular series, what this means is Zach and I give our take on something we're familiar with out there that you might want to read or maybe not. And we're going to give some thoughts about it and reasons that might help you understand whether this kind of book series would be for you. This follows our patented spoiler light approach. So while we'll talk about these books, we're not going to ruin them. We're not going to give away the big reveals. We'll just give you a taste mm -hmm. enough to understand what we're talking about here. Also, the opinions we share, highly subjective. You can read these books and feel completely different about them. And it does not mean we were wrong. It just means you see the world through a different lens. We value that. But ideally, we give you a little taste of what it's like and whether or not you might be interested in giving it a try. That's right. If you do read something for the first time that we recommended, let us know. Through any of those ways I listed before. And if you think our recommendation was spot on, awesome. If, if you, you think, think it was wasn't, bogus, let us know. That's also awesome. We'd just love to hear from you. So the series we're talking about today. Yes. This is a fun one to bring up. This one. Yes, there it is. We are talking about Percy Jackson and the Olympians. This is a favorite series of Zack, something he treasures his time enjoying in the past. And one that I read the first book and went, nah, not for me. Which is kind of funny. I don't know why I didn't like it. And maybe I should give it another chance someday. But so I've poked fun at Zack uh, for really enjoying this series. He pretty much from our first episode. Yes. Since day one literally day one of this episode so it is with <laughs> delight and joy that i put this on the schedule saying how about this one zach let's talk about this one <laughs> so we're gonna have some fun honestly i defend this series more on our podcast than i do in my life because <laughs> i know you're not a fan yeah 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 i mean you've got a sweatshirt <laughs> that's great i don't actually it's technically rage's Oh, your girlfriend is all in with Percy Jackson. However, she has not had this sweatshirt for months. <laughs> You've co-opted it. Oops. Well, I will do my role here of sharing just the facts about this series for you. And then I'm going to toss it to Zach to tell you about what the books really are about. Because I couldn't really do that beyond book one. So the facts. This is a pentology. Ooh, big word. Five book Five series. Books. Yep. 
fantasy novels written by Rick Riordan. Is that how you say his name? That's how I would say it. All right. And it was very successful. It spawned two additional series and a bunch of short stories, a crossover series with uh, the Kane Chronicles, I think it was. Kane Chronicles is another Riordan series, similar stuff, different Still. stuff. So there's another series where they cross over. Yeah, there's a number of series, both this series and then other things in the same vein in different other ways. Yeah, there's a number of other books that are kind of related in various ways to this. So this is where it started. Big success. And it spawned a whole bunch of other stuff. The first book in the series, The Lightning Thief, was published in 2005. And each year after that, for four more years, the rest of the books came out. So five in a row, five years in a row, 2005 to 2009. All of them were critically successful, sold well. In fact, this series now is one of the best-selling fantasy series of all time. I cringe to acknowledge that. But that's accurate. Over 180 million copies sold. So it's not the biggest. Not even close to the biggest, but it's one of the biggest uh-huh. that's out there. The first book with that kind of success was, of course, picked up by Hollywood and was adapted to a movie in 2010. So the year after the series ended, book one came out. Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, I think is what they called it, right? I think it was Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the Lightning Thief. They named it directly from the book. Okay. It was a massive disappointment. But... It was a huge box office success. So it cashed in. And yeah, how people felt about it, the ratings it got, the reviews, pretty middling. Okay. They made the second one. Because it made money. So you do a second one. And the same thing happened. It wasn't quite as successful, so they haven't made a third. And yet, the second one was better than the first (laughs) in terms of like books and trying to be accurate and anything like that. Nothing else has come out with this series since that kind point. Of. That was 2013 when the second movie came out. Mm-hmm. But rumors are Disney Plus is adapting a TV series based on these books now. Better than rumors. Uh, keep going with your stuff. I'll be right back with an actual bit of information here. So it's like there's dates. There's there's actual data. I didn't find that. But it makes sense that, of course, Disney Plus would want to get in because these are so popular. And that means more people will want the content. I don't know if I will. I did see the first movie. I didn't see the second. Again, didn't suck me in. But Zach is going to be able to give us all the information on why you might like it, even though it wasn't really my thing. Zach, I can only stall so long. What you got yeah, for us? Sorry, I'm trying to find the actual name. Point being, we at least, at the very least, for that Disney Plus series, have an actor cast for the main role. Ah. There is a Percy out there. I'm trying to figure find the actual <laughs> name, which makes me feel bad. Hey Siri, who's playing Percy Jackson? Something Scobell, and that's where I'm like, what's his first name? Logan Lumen. Nope. Logan Lerman. Logan Lerman was the movie. Oh, Walker Scobell is the name. Darn. And let's see. Walker Snowbell? Is that what you said? Scobell. It looks like that. Um, (laughs) And it feels about right, actually. That actually does look kind of like Percy Jackson, as I picture it. it. It's a good sign in the same (laughs) way that like Wheel of Time casting was good signs when it was coming out. Seeing this is exciting. 
Wheel of Time casting was really contentious as it was coming out. I was excited by it. <laughs> oh, we like the characters now, but yeah, that wasn't like really exciting for a lot of people. Wait, oh, okay. Personal experience. We're not. That's not what this episode's about. Zach, remembering our spoiler light format. Yes. Tell us about Percy Jackson and the Olympians. All right. Percy Jackson and Olympians, we're only going to be talking about these five books, right? Nothing, anything beyond or outside of or whatever. Imagine for yourself, I don't like this. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Imagine for yourself a world that is our world. It's normal. It's about modern day, or at least modern day for when the books were written. And in said world, the Greek gods are real. And so was a whole lot of other stuff, including monsters and magic and this whole mess. One of the biggest and most wonderful things from Greek mythology is the heroes, these demigods, children of both gods and man and the adventures they went on. And this series basically follows those kids, but in our modern context, as they discover they are demigods, they are hunted after by monsters, they have a special place, Camp Half-Blood, where they can be safe and trained and some of them live normal lives. Some of them have more grand adventures, quests, and even prophecies around them. One of the most important that we follow is this Percy Jackson in this series. And though we see a number of different characters come and go, rise, plot lines, quests, there is an overarching plot through the whole thing that has kind of the fate of the world resting on it. And that's kind of your initial starting thing. I don't want to go too much deeper to actually go into it, but it is very much YA, and the characters are kids. By the end of the last book, Percy's just 16. Now, Percy is our main character. Is everything his point of view through the series, or does it does it jump between characters? Things are mostly his point of view. I'm trying to remember. I want to say there's some moments here and there that aren't, but I could be wrong. In the first five books, it might all be Percy. And and one thing that uh, I don't think is too spoilery to say, in my recollection, when the stories start, Percy doesn't really know who he is, right? No, he has no idea. But he interacts with others who already knew who they were. Is that accurate? He eventually finds his way very quickly to Camp Half-Blood, where he meets other demigods, Half-Bloods, who have been in this world and experienced for a little while and are shocked that he's made it this far without even finding out. So this sounds, pardon the ripoff, a little Harry Potter-ish then. It kind of is a spiritual successor to Harry Potter in this way of powerful, magical type, hidden world situation. You've got a school of sorts that is away, mm -hmm. and you kind of try and keep these things from the real world, but also you have scale things that affect the world at large, it is very similar with just an entirely different theme and feeling construct. It. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. Let's talk about our personal experiences with this series. I'm going to start. Go for it. I heard about these series because of you. You and your sister had found these books. And I don't remember exactly when. Obviously, it was after 2005. And you at that age were only six, so it was probably your sister who found these books first. Uh, maybe your memory. No, nope, you're saying no. Okay, I'm but not sure, I found them first. 
I do remember it was because you guys liked them that I read the first book. And honestly, I don't remember hating the first book. I gotta be honest. I don't remember violently hating the first book. I just didn't like it enough to want to spend time reading the next book. That's really what it came down to for me. So that's my personal experience with the literature, the movie. Did we go see it together? I think we did, we did. didn't we? Yeah. But we didn't go see the second movie together. I've seen it, but no. Partially because I don't even remember if that actually released in theaters. Ooh, ouch. I think it did. I I think so. Anyway, that's my experience. I haven't done anything else with it. I haven't, you know, been dreaming about the Olympians. I haven't spent a lot of time. I know there are other books that came out. I didn't care. Tell us your experience, Zach. I think, and I checked the dates in here just to be sure, I think I technically didn't find the series till 2009. So as it wrapped up? Yeah. Melissa had not actually read any of them. Oh, okay. Because I think she read my copies when I got them. Okay. I know when I got these because of which books I have in paperback and which one I have in hardcover. I was technically actually at an audition for a show and saw someone else, a little bit older kid, a couple grades older, reading one of these books. And I was like, that looks interesting. And I thought he was a cool guy. So I went to Barnes & Noble and with my own quarters, bought this box set trilogy. Later got the fourth book and then waited, because I've ripped through those, and waited just a couple months for the final book wow. to actually come out. And within like the first week of it coming out, got it. I loved them. You could tell by the wear on them which one is my favorite because the fourth book has the most deteriorated spine. (laughs) (laughs) And when it came to the movies, I was so excited and so wanting to do it that I did talk you into uh, us going and seeing that first one. And we even took a friend because I was excited about it. Who do we take? Uh, Ryan, California. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And I was upset (laughs) because certain things here and there is the first time I really ran into situations where I'd read books, loved characters, and things were horribly wrong. They changed it. Adaptation. And I've grown from that. I'm okay with adaptation and change a lot more than I was. Especially since you like the Wheel of Time on TV. (laughs) You've grown. (laughs) Even we got things where I had grown up already on Lord of the Rings. And while they changed things, it's a very good adaptation And while I hadn't read those books at that time, I had read The Hobbit by then. Um, And I did know it to be a good adaptation. So I was just Mm -hmm. so let down and disappointed by this Percy Jackson one. By the way, I did look up the second movie while you were talking earlier. It did debut in theaters. It had a budget of $90 and worldwide it grossed $200 So it was still commercially successful. Technically. (laughs) I mean... It doubled, more than doubled what it cost to make it. That That's successful. Yeah, but... 90 million means what that's what they needed to be. make it and pay everybody. And they then walk away with more than $110 million. Come on! I'm not well enough versed in the film world. However, I feel fairly confident if I went to some of my friends who are, they'd say, eh, it did okay. <laughs> there are some big-time movies, by the way, who don't even break even... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this did all right. But you may have a point, because if it was a smash and really profitable, there'd be a third. And there isn't. And we've been waiting nine years, you know, there's not a third. Okay. 
So that's personal experiences. General strengths. Zach, we have to lean on you here. What are the strengths yeah. of the series? And let's stick to the literature. So strengths. One of the biggest strengths of this series is how well and easy it reads. It's written for YA. So they dumb it down for YA? And it's clearly written for YA. It is a little dumbed down. It's not so much okay. that it is dumbed down in the sense of being looking down at you. But it's not trying to be intentionally verbose. It's not making you grab a dictionary to read it. It's a more personable, just talking kind of feel. And you get a feel as if the narrator is actually narrating it. And the narrator is a tween to teen. Hmm. Okay. So some might lean on that and say it's a weakness. But especially when it comes to something like gateway fantasy, I think this makes it a strength. Because it's approachable. It probably does lean towards the weakness for me, though. You're probably right. Um, other strengths? Some of the other strengths really actually go into the cleverness of the author. And to me, the source material that he pulls from, the way that he does, and then plays with it. Greek mythology is incredibly rich. Oh, it was some of the earliest fantasy I read was Greek mythology. Absolutely. He pulls from it very well. He pulls ideas and themes, characters modernizes things and it does change things but it's very rare that he's like just does things wrong it's more he does a modern twist on previous greek mythology or pulls things over and for me it was more a percy jackson got me interested in greek mythology than it was greek mythology got me interested in percy jackson and the bridge there was able to make a more cultured person out of me a question, does he faithfully and consistently stick to Greek mythology? Or does he ever blend over into the Roman? In this series, 98% Greek. Well, I know he has another series yeah. that is based on Roman and another on Egyptian, right? If he moves to the Roman, it's intentional. Building bridges to go into that next series? Is that what you mean? Without being too spoilery, while... All of these exist kind of in the same universe. Most of them don't really cross and interact. The Roman one, however, is not its own series. The Roman one is a sequel series. It mm -hmm. is still the same series, just the next in it. Okay. And it makes sense because the Greek and Roman was so interconnected. It makes sense that they are interconnected. Oh, the Romans ripped off the Greek gods completely. Yeah. <laughs> so within these set of five, it's pretty faithful to the Greek. Okay. Any other strengths you would note somebody should be aware of? I mean, the story itself, the kind of characters, anything? I do. It's hard for me to objectively talk about these strengths because you I, love the story them. Is very, I think the story is very clever, but I also read it as a kid. Ah, I, you haven't gone back? I mean, I've read it at times going back, but every time it's more nostalgic going back. Okay. Like when Sam had mentioned on our to read and not to read for Harry Potter, going back to it is kind of putting back into that childlike mindset and it's therapeutic. That's kind of what some of this series is for me. It's hard for me to read it as an objective adult. Okay. And the characters, some of them I go, yeah, they're pretty well thought out and developed characters. But I also know that some of them are shallow and some of them I just like because I had a crush on them as a kid. <laughs> That's great. So is that the one? Is is there one that's a, a half blood of Athena? Yeah, Annabeth. 
that that was the crushing one, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, that yeah, was... she's literally intended to be the crushing one without being an Aphrodite <laughs> one. Just saying. see, I remember enough right there. Okay. General weaknesses, because I can't add anything to strengths or weaknesses. I, I just don't remember these well enough to go anywhere close to that. So, what would you say are the weaknesses? The biggest weakness to me, outside of things that you've mentioned, be it being clearly YA kind of dumbed down, maybe a little simplistic in various natures. The biggest weakness that I can really bring up is this book. Is that book three? Yep, this is the third book. It is the middle book, and it is the definition of a hump book to me. Yeah, I've never read it. Yeah, No idea. If Wheel of Time has the slog, this is the series slog. It's a shorter series, so it's a shorter book to have that, but it's rough. In my opinion, like if I didn't want to get through it, if I didn't know that the next one was next and the fourth one is by far, in my opinion, the best, I could see people getting annoyed and stopping at that one. Let me ask you, is it necessary? If you were to look up on Wikipedia and read a summary, I think you could probably skip it. That's very harsh of me to say, because there's some very important things in it, like extremely important. Would you say it again? Because it cut out in my ears. So there's some very... For just a moment, the key thing you said. There's some very important things to the overall series in that book. However, my distaste for it goes to the extent, I think you could probably look up a summary, as long as you're an adult going back and reading it, not a kid reading it for the first time, you could look up a summary, and as long as it's a fairly good summary, you're fine. That's enough. Uh, See, that's the difference with The Wheel of Time and its slog. It's necessary to fully develop where some of the characters go. Now, it could be shortened. <laughs> you could condense some of that. I'd agree with that. I, I don't feel a slog. I enjoy all of that. But the first time I read it, I was like, come on, Rick. let's go, let's go, let's go. But I get it now. But you feel this way about Titan's Curse. Like, even thinking back, you're like, nah, It's possible on, if really? I went back and reread it, I'd like it more. And maybe that's why. Maybe it's a better book than some of the others and... As a kid, I didn't appreciate that. But to me, it's, I think the self-contained hmm. story part of it just isn't as good. Okay. Would we ever read this series again? Yes. Would I ever read it the first time? I don't think so. I got the first book. I got the taste. There is so much good literature on my TBR. There's still over 300 books on my TBR. This is not going on my TBR. It's just not. I would recommend for you and readers like you, those deep in the fantasy world, especially adults my age or older, if you're going to read the series, put it in as like your reader fatigue series. When you get to a point where you've read things that are heavy material or it just takes a bit to get through and your reading brain is tired, hmm. go to this because it's light, it's quick. It's something that you can just enjoy. You don't have to work very hard. Exactly. It, it would be a nice break to recharge while still enjoying fun fantasy elements. Okay. All right. There you go. There's the fantasy for the ages recommendation. Now, rating scale. One to 100. I'm going to abstain. I don't have the cred to rate this one. So I'm just going to let you. you. I'll, I'll poison the well otherwise. So where would you put it? One to 100. I'm... Trying to remember where I put other things. <laughs> That's the I'm trick. gonna put this at like a 65. Whoa. Because for me, pretty sure I put Narnia at a 50. 
and Harry Potter at a 75. And Harry Potter gets more adult themes, some of it, and it's longer and gets more in depth, and that's why it's higher. Narnia was my like baseline fantasy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, then this, you placed it fair. I think yeah. is better, and I would recommend for a younger kids or tweens to teens reading fantasy, especially first time. Absolutely, I'm recommending it, and I would hands down recommend this over something like the Chronicles of Narnia. So it deserves a place higher. But when we talk of grand scale impact, uh, the ways in which you can connect to it, I think it's a little bit less than Harry Potter. Okay. I may personally enjoy it more sometimes. Uh, Other people may personally enjoy other things more. And part of that might be due to also movie success, what has been successful and what hasn't. But I... I feel like I can't put it higher than Harry Potter because I don't think you get something like this without Harry Potter first. That's fair. Well, sometimes we finish with who we might recommend this for, what kind of person, but you kind of just did that. I mean, do you have anything to add? For the young side and the adult side, the only other thing that I would really say is if you are a fan of mythology, but you're not necessarily a huge reader, especially not like a fantasy reader, Give these a try. These or the Cain Chronicles, if you're into like Egyptian, the Magnus Chase series goes into some of the Norse mythology. The successor to this goes into some of the Roman mythology. Can you read those other ones without reading this? Some of them, absolutely. Uh, The Magnus Chase series? Yeah. It technically follows a cousin of a character in this series, but you don't need this series. The Cain Chronicles? You don't need this series at all. It's a standalone. It's a trilogy. And I think it's fantastic. The Roman one, (laughs) you need this one. All right. That's good to know. For me, what sort of person do I recommend to read this series? People not like me. (laughs) Your your recommendations sound fair, sound reasonable, except I, I would align with, I like mythology and I'm a fantasy reader, but... I, I think well, that was kind of the thing I said, if you like mythology and you're not really a fantasy. Oh, okay. Yet. Okay. I, I think someone who's more of a newbie in fantasy might enjoy this. Someone who's gotten more stuff absorbed already. It's too weak. Cause as you said, it's YA, but it's not the kind of YA for me. It's not the kind of YA that rises to it's YA, but anyone could enjoy it. No, it's kind of like it, it's YA. If you're a youth, you'll love it. I sit in here saying these are some of those books that still were early and defined what does YA mean. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be breaking from the mode of what YA is into what YA can be because it's the start. Some of the those first good series of what is good YA. All right. Okay. I think that's it. You got anything else to say about the series? I love it. I, <laughs> I think they caught that it. by now. <laughs> I'm excited for the show. Disney, I'm excited. We're also Disney. probably going to get a Kane Chronicles show. I don't know exactly where we're on that. Last I heard it was maybe a Netflix thing, though. Speaking of shows on Netflix, have you been watching Moon Knight at all? I haven't. That's also Disney Plus. Oh, what did I just say before that? What did we say before that? Netflix. Netflix. Oh, yeah. Pfft, Netflix. They raised the um, prices. But Moon Knight, because Disney Plus is what my mind was on, because that's what was developing... Percy Jackson. I've heard bad things about Moon Knight, which is disappointing. Who are you listening to? The Twitter. 
Twitter is stupid, except the people who follow us on Fantasy for the Ages <laughs> for Twitter, because they're cool. I've watched two episodes. Your mother's not getting into it. So there's something to that. I've liked it, but I'm a Marvel honk, so it's hard to screw it You're up. You're going to like it, whatever. To be honest, even if Marvel throws garbage at you, like no, it. the Howard the Duck movie was bad. Just bad. We got a Howard the Duck movie? You didn't know there's a whole movie? There's a movie. I didn't know we got one. When did we get that? Oh, man. Late 80s? Okay, that doesn't count. Most things in the 80s were bad. <laughs> I, I don't know. It could be early 90s. This has me going, okay, okay when was that's Howard worse. the Duck? Early 90s is not better than the 80s. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Howard the Duck. When was the movie? Come on, man. Give me the movie. Where is it? Film. Here it is. Boom. Howard the Duck. It was 1986. I was right the first time. Late 80s. It it was bad. Lucasfilm was involved with it and in partnership with Universal Pictures. And they never should have made that movie. <laughs> None of the things that you just said told me this was going to be a good movie. Uh, Not a single now, thing that you just that said. said, it was a funny movie, but no, don't go looking for it. Don't try to, oh, I need to I fill in my to. Marvel now. No, no, let Howard go. It's, it's canon somewhere in there. <laughs> wow, how did we get to Howard the Duck from Percy Jackson, the Olympians? I'm not quite sure now, but you never know what's going to happen on a Fantasy of the Ages episode. I will say, speaking of Marvel... I think I've said before, Rach and I are working through the MCU because she had some gaps missing in uh -huh. there. We are up to the Disney Plus shows, at least. Cool. Uh, but she, on her own, started filling in some of the mm, kind of Marvel MCU stuff. Like? Because she started watching the X-Men movies. Huh. She got through the first two before I told her, maybe you don't need to watch The Last Stand. I still like them all. Some are weaker I enjoy it. Others, I just also but... appreciate the fact that it's not a very good movie. It is what it is. You know, one of the films anyway, that... in that universe, X-Men stuff, mm -hmm. that people like rave over is Logan. And that's not one of my favorites, actually. I enjoyed it for being something different. And that's probably why I didn't enjoy it. Hmm. It is what it is. All right. If you enjoyed listening to us yammer on about all this stuff and talk about things that we enjoy... Again, be sure to subscribe, and I'm going to go ahead and put our outro out here now, and it'll give all the ways you can find us on social media and all those sorts of things. So it's coming. Here there. it is. Boom. I was yep, mostly so... trying to figure out the camera mirroring thing. <laughs> I've gotten pretty good at that now. Just like, you know, I can point over here. I can point right down here at you. I got these things. I know that I could be good at it, but when I do things like play D&D and all those Zoom calls with that, it reverses it for me. So anything I train here, I'm trained there. Well, there it is. All right. Well, we hope to see all of you interact with us, social media, Discord, even an email. There's the address. We'll talk to you next time.